Hello, story lovers. I have an excellent guest for us today. Her name is Joyce Simmons. She is a wonderful writer. She's an incredible world builder. And so one of the things that I want to talk to her about today is world building. And because when we're talking about writing, right, sometimes some of us are writing big worlds with lots of different moving parts. And so that is what I particularly want to talk to Joyce about today. So Joyce, tell us a little bit about yourself. I um, I really want to talk to you about world building today. I have been so impressed by your world building skills and how you've managed to create detailed worlds with many, many moving parts in such specific ways with, with huge amounts of clarity. Um, so I would love for you to talk to us a little bit about, you know, where you start, et cetera, et cetera. But first tell me who you are. Tell me where you're from. Tell me everything about yourself. (laughs) Great. Thank you for, for having me here to talk about myself. Um, yeah, so I'm Joyce Simmons. I'm originally from New York city, um, Southside, Jamaica, Queens, uh, which was a tough little area. Um, and I'll tell you why that's relevant in, in a bit. But yeah, I'm from there. I'm based in Atlanta uh, right now. And um, yeah, I got into writing basically through a uh, parallel industry. Uh, I'm a copywriter and brand strategist uh, for the marketing industry. And, um, you know, if you've looked in the bio of a lot of writers, you'll find that they all started as copywriters or they started in marketing and advertising. Uh, you know, so people who direct commercials oftentimes will move into other careers in Hollywood and make movies and shorts and, uh, you know, those become your colleagues. And so uh, that's really how I got into um, writing television, well, writing scripts. Because uh, I've written scripts for commercials, and then I just kind of kept going. Um, you know, my career, I write every single day. So, um, you know, making that sort of transition into writing in a different way, um, I would say wasn't as hard for me because I came from that that world of having done it for 20 plus years in another industry. Uh, so, so tell me this, this is something I like to ask every, every guest, which is all right. You're a little kid. They say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Did you have an inkling that you were a creative early on or did you not? Uh, um, no, I had an inkling early on, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a dad. Uh, I was raised by my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were divorced and and my dad got custody, which was really interesting because, uh, um, you know, he was trying to create himself and he was broke a lot. So we did this thing where we would go into bookstores and we would like read the books, um, and, you know, and dive into these amazing worlds. And then we put the books back, well, you know, um, or he would make up make, make up stories you know, uh, cause we didn't have the books at home, you know, and I was like, this is so cool, you know, and this is, that was something very early on. Like I loved, I didn't know I wanted to be a writer, but I knew I wanted to be a storyteller, which is how I ended up in marketing. Cause I wanted to tell, I wanted to tell stories, um, you know, and then, um, and then from there in high school, you know, in New York city, uh, one of the ways that you escape a bad school is to have a talent and to apply for a special program. So in high school, I applied for a special program uh, for gifted and talented writers. And I got into that, um, you know, and then lost myself along the way because everybody says that artists starve and I didn't want to starve because I had done that for so long. Um, 
you know, and so marketing was my way of being creative and telling stories and getting paid paid for it. But I've always sort of been working myself up to this moment that I'm sitting in right now mm-hmm. as a storyteller. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. So talk to me about writing every day. So when you were working in marketing, you were writing every day. And, mm-hmm. and then how did that translate? Because I'm a big proponent for spending time with your writing every day. And and let me take a second because I really want to clarify something that maybe I haven't clarified on the podcast before. When I say you have to spend an hour a day minimum writing, if you're not at the writing phase, then you need to be thinking about your story, thinking about your plot, honoring where you're at in the process, at least for an hour a day. So not necessarily writing if you're not ready to write, but spending time with with your material, with your story, sitting down at the computer and getting your brain to work every day. So what's what is your process like um, as specific as you can? Because, you know, we all come from from different worlds. Right. So we all have different balls we're juggling and fitting it in is sometimes the hardest part. So so talk to me about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you made that distinction because, you know, as you've got to be pushing it forward every day in some way, shape or form um, in your writing. But yeah, talking to you about um, about world building again, um, I think for me working in, in marketing and advertising and in particular, I spent the last seven years working in experiential marketing where all we do is build worlds. Right. We're building experiences. And so there are a lot of moving parts that we have to consider. Um, you know, and some of those moving parts aren't things that an audience is going to see. But, um, you know, if we're talking about um, building with authenticity, we have to kind of think through uh, the rules of the world. We have to think through what the stories of that world are going to be. So, you know, we lean into uh, Joseph Campbell's, um, you know, story making, absolutely, you know, working in advertising. We We lean into Jungian archetypes, uh, you know, and for me, because I'm a staunch um, Afrofuturist, I lean into um, African mythologies and, and ideologies. And a lot of those guys that we don't know, like we don't know that Young studied in Africa. So I got into it because of my interest in studying archetypes and studying story, right? Because mm-hmm. an archetype is nothing but, um, you know, a story. Uh, a story of how things came to be, how certain, you know, how human conflicts came to be, how the world was created. Um, You know, I think in world building, you really do have to kind of start from uh, the basics of how does, um, how does humanity interact with each other? How do they organize themselves? So I actually think through those things when, uh, for example, I wrote an Afrofuturistic script that I, that I worked on with you, Amanda, and I started with form of government. What does the government look like? What does the land look like? Um, you know, what are the boundaries of, of those lands? What are some of the rules um, of the land? What's great about living there? Um, who will you meet when uh, you're, you know, you're in this land? What kind of just innate problems does this land have? Does this land have problems with its neighbors? And if so, what is the origin of those problems? So, you know, in your in your class, I wrote this really, it's my favorite episode, even though it's like episode three of, of my story and everyone says your pilot should be your favorite episode. But I had a really fun time just thinking of how my nation, um, this nation that I created was founded. Mm. You know, and and so um, I think through uh, those types of things, um, I think also I do a really good job of watching people. 
Um, and then again, that comes from my, my marketing background. Uh, before I was a marketing writer, I was what's called an account planner or a brand strategist. And one of the things that they say is that we're the voice of the consumer. So if you're the voice of the consumer, you have to pay attention to lots of different voices. Um, you know, what people think, um, how they sound. You also have to pay attention to things like societal driving forces, right? Those, um, those things that may not affect your story, per se, but may affect how your character thinks or approaches a problem. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So, so um, something that you said really, really um, uh, perked my ears up, which was, you know, you're in marketing and then you're, you're finding yourself drawn to the Jungian arch uh, archetypes, the Jungian archetypes. And, you know, it's, this is how we find ourselves, right? Um, you know, speaking of Joseph Campbell, one of his popular tenets is, you know, to follow your bliss, right? That's what he says, follow your bliss, right? And so, you know, when you're, if you're out there and you're a little lost and you're not sure which way to go, which I feel like so many people are these days who who haven't really figured it out yet, but your heart is being cold. I really like this. Some, sometimes people don't realize that's it. That's that you go that way. Right? You know? Yeah. yeah, but I just like it. Yeah, do that. You know, so I love that, um, that you found that you came across the archetypes um, through your job. And then that was calling to you, which led you in this direction. As you know, I'm a huge fan of, of your, of your, of your, of your show and the show that you created your Afrofuturist pro, um, project. So, um, so what are your, so what I'm hearing is sort of, you know, you start with what you know. Here's what I know. I knew that I had this land, right? And then you build out from there and put and, and find all the pieces, uh, you know, as you think about it and just build, world build, right? That's what it is. Yeah, I, I, I start with, I start with that, but I think I also, you know, in tandem with that, I start with, I also start with my unmet needs. You know, what, um, what am I missing in, in my current existence? You know, what do I long for? Mm -hmm. Right. And then I put those things in my world. Right. Because if I'm missing them and longing for them, I'm sure there's a whole world of people who are missing and, and, and longing for them as well. You know, I was drawn to Afrofuturism even before the events of 2020, mostly because, you know, I had this hunger for um, a racially democratic existence that um, put some distance between myself and like the experience of racism and sexism and all of these things. So I think that innately we as human beings long for our own utopia, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, we all sort of experience our own injustices, whatever they may, may be, you know. And so for me as a writer and a creative person, um, I write those things in, in my world. Right. So that's the promise. And I think through like what kinds of things would threaten that. that yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. What are the things that I long for and finding a way to get that into my writing is something I've never heard said so specifically. And what a genius way to look at it. I mm -hmm. love it. Such a great place to start. Joyce comes to me and tells me I have this idea for a television show and, you know, it gives me gives me the, the log line. OK, great. And then Joyce sits down and has 
a world that you would never believe is so gigantic and yet so um, connected. Everything makes sense um, from from the different characters and their needs to the different worlds where the different people live, to the conflicts between those worlds, to um, to the conflicts between the familial relationships within this giant world. There's also these very intricate familial relationships, and it's all very clear. And so I really, <laughs> I'd really like to know. How long did it take you to get there, to get to this place where you can present to me something that's pretty much on a silver platter? Um, we're just going to shape it, but it's all there. What was that process like? Okay. So, wow. That's a, I think that that's a, the answer to that is a little bit complicated and I'll try and kind of clarify that, you know? Um, so I, I once heard this uh, sermon by this pastor, Mike Todd, where he talked about growth being like a bamboo tree. You know, um, we grow roots, you know, bamboo trees grow roots for six years and then they grow like six feet in a month. Right. And so I think that um, this world has always been um, a collection of things uh, uh, that I've wanted to see in in my utopia. And one of the things that I do, uh, you know, as not only as a marketer, but just as a person is there are often things that I find interesting. And then I just kind of catalog them. I write notes on them. You know what I mean? And I've been doing that for, for years, just sort of cataloging things that, uh, that are interesting to me. Um, and so when it came time to uh, write my Afrofuturistic script, um, and it came time to like answer those questions of the world, it was some things that I already had. Um, so when I actually, if I had to say, when I actually sat down to say, I'm going to write this script, um, I would say I spent maybe um, three weeks, like just writing on the world, building the world. Um, the other thing that I like to do is I like to do voice memos. So, you know, I have, um, I have notes everywhere. I have handwritten notes. I have voice memos. Um, I actually have a messy file of things that I keep, you know, so my own sort of little Bible, um, et cetera. Um, and then I bring it all together. Um, you had this great document called a blog doc. Mm -hmm. And um, it was fun because I got a chance to sort of take all of those things and say, OK, now I'm going to sit down and I'm going to start building a, a, a foundation for this world. So I would say um, years and then at the same time, writing it down, maybe three weeks. Love it. Wow, 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 wow. And I, and I, I really want to focus on the years part, right? Because the writers are going to go three weeks without hearing that, no, you, you, you're, you're cultivating, you're cultivating the idea. And when the idea is ready to be born, it will be born, right? But you're not, you can't rush the incubation period, or like you said, that beautiful analogy to, you know, a bamboo tree and the roots growing underground for six years is such a great way to put it. I want to talk about what you just said about cataloging ideas. So, you know, we, um, we, as writers, we, as creatives, we are constantly, you know, coming up with, this could be a good idea. This could be a good idea. And I think part of the leap for writers is to just accept that 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 those fragments of thought are worthy, right? I've come across a lot of new writers who are like, well, I don't have anything to write about. Or I had this one idea and that, you know, and without saying, no, these ideas, right, are, are worthy and I should write them down and I should give them time and I should think about them because this is what's going to start more thinking, right? And it's about cultivating these this idea of being a writer, not just expecting that the ideas to just 
pour out when you sit down to write. So when how did you how did you realize that was something you like to do, wanted to do, started to do? And then I also um, in in addition to that is really realizing, you know, I can speak with my voice into this recorder. I mean, sometimes even just the the process of it uh, is what holds some writers back of not understanding how to even get their thoughts down in a, in a, in a processed way. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You said a lot of things I want to talk about. There. So I think, um, um, you know, you can't be afraid to be messy at first. You know, it all, it's not supposed to be genius um, at first. You know, I think the objective is just to get it down. You know, I think the difference between um, success and non-success is follow through. That's it. You know, just write it down. Uh, be comfortable with being messy. Um, it, you know, the intent is not for it to be good right now. The intent is for is to get it down, um, to get some structure. Um, I think that also... Um, oftentimes we forget because we have to sit down and either write pen to paper or sit down at our keyboards and it's just us, you know, and the work. We forget that writing is a group effort in a lot of ways, not the act itself, but um, just getting those ideas down. And so you really need to lean into your community uh, of writers and mentors and teachers. Say, say, let me just say this. When I knew that I wanted to write this, I needed um I needed a class, you know, and I've been writing for years, but I knew that I needed a class because I needed a community um, to number one, keep me accountable. You know, I needed mentorship from somebody who's like been there, done that, um, sees stories, um, sees where I may be blocked, sees blind spots and can help and and can help through that. Um, I like having deadlines. I got to have this done um, for Amanda's class. I have to have this done because I have a pitch you know, um, on this date. So those things were really important. And I want to say something to, to writers who hear me say, oh, wow, it took her three weeks to build this world. Uh, I'm going to say, I just read this masterpiece of, of a story. I mean, um, it's a story called uh, Ray Bearer and Redemptor by a writer named Jordan um, Ifueko. And uh, her writing is so good, it hurts me. Like it's hauntingly amazing. And so I was reading an article about her life and it took her 12 years to write Ray Bear. It took her 12 years, Wow. you know? So um, so I'm okay with three weeks and, and I feel like you should be okay with three weeks. I think that sometimes we also rush it because um, we let our I, the idea of commerce or making it get in the way of our writing. Mm-hmm. You know, and one thing I love about your classes, Amanda, is that you're like, well, we're going to take 16 weeks to do this, you know, and people are like, goodness gracious, 16 weeks. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm game. I think that 16 weeks sometimes, you know, can be the difference between, um, you know, a story that doesn't sell and a story that sells, you know, what's the, what's the rush? You know, there is there is no rush because if you do it right, it'll pay off in the long run. And it, and all of that, you know, the the money will take care of itself. You know, the story will get out there and it'll get out there in the right way. 
Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, it is, it's kind of shocking to me when I hear um, people say that, that they think that that's a really long time, 16 weeks, right? And it's like, wow, you know, I don't think that um, people who haven't sold things, as I know you have sold things as well, um, understand mm-hmm. how long it takes something to get made. <laughs> like, like you know, we're going to rush, rush, rush to write. It's probably going to take you like years to get it made. So exactly what are you yeah. rushing towards, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and then even then, I think it's important to recognize that you know you can create a, a masterpiece of a screenplay um, and sell it and understand you're going to get notes on it. It's going to it's going to change anyway because now your art is intersecting with commerce and and you know people who know the audience better than you do and are going to have and are going to have notes. You know, like I read that Issa Rae, when she created Insecure, like on her own, she had to rewrite the pilot nine times, you know, and I'm sure once studio execs got involved, it might have even been more than that. Yeah. You know, so don't worry about that, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, So so talk to me about talk to me about pitching because you have sold. Um, You are a great pitcher. Um, I know that um, that you've said that that also goes back to your marketing experience. So mm-hmm. what, what, what would you give, um, as advice for pitching? I know that that's such a nerve wracking thing for a lot of yeah. us. Yeah. So, uh, so the, uh, the advice that I would give is, um, just to be ready and be, and be prepared. So, you know, I once had this, uh, professor in graduate school said that, um, that's the, that's the easiest way to get rid of your nerves is to be overly, um, is to just be prepared. And one of the things that she had us do, uh, which I didn't like at the time. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did it was she would have us, um, pitch our work backwards. Wow. Right. And, and so, you know, that old adage, you know, I know this backward and forward, when you know it backward, you know it forward, right? Um, but then also when you do it backwards, you you find holes because you have to start with a conclusion. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that helped a lot. Being prepared uh, helped a lot. I do not memorize pitches. Like I've seen that. Um, I've heard that people do that. Um, I don't. Um, you know, and then something I got from my late father. My late father always said, if you really understand the, the work, you never have to uh, you never have to memorize it. Like it'll just kind of flow. You may have, you know, your talking points on um, a little card. Like I pitched um, yesterday and this is my, my little card here. It's one card. It's got four things, um, you know, and, and they're just like words that remind me of what my, my next point might be, or remind me to cover certain things. And so that's what I would advise. I don't think that you need to um, memorize because that it doesn't sound like you. You know, you should just know your work, know your characters. Right, right. That's great. You know, it's okay. So what are we talking about when we're talking about being prepared, right? Know, know, know your characters, know the world, know the story that you're telling. And and knowing that the, sometimes knowing the story that you're actually telling is really hard to boil it down. So um, it helps to, to practice pitching, right? It helps to practice yeah. pitching with friends. Do you practice pitching with the people in your, in your circle? Or what do you do in terms of practicing pitching backwards? Uh, so to be honest with you, uh, my best friend is my husband. I follow him around the house and I, <laughs> and he's like, go ahead. He could be doing something else. And I'm just practicing, you know, and I have, and no, I've been doing that for, we've been married for 14 years. I've been doing that for 16 years. That's <laughs> great. So just, you know, and, and that helps a lot 
And the reason why it helps a lot is because he is not a writer. And if it doesn't make sense to him, it doesn't make sense. So um, so he's just somebody that that he's my 24 uh, seven sounding board. But I noticed that 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 helps a lot when he's like, huh, now what now? Right. You know, oh, you know, or oftentimes he'll say. Um, so this is kind of funny. He'll also um, say, well, you're not being you, you know, uh, or why are you saying that? That's not how like he's used to how I how I speak. And, you know, I decided long ago that I want to be successful being me. And, and so it kind of helps when, you know, sometimes you you slip into, oh, well, this sounds better. Uh, somebody said it this way. Um, and to have somebody who knows you to say, mm, that's not you. If that's really helpful. So that's how I do it. You're very lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, that's great. So we all have um, opportunities to 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 use the people that's close to us or to get into a class. If if you don't have anybody that you can pitch to, it's even more important to find a group of writers that you can use for this purpose, because like you said earlier, right, it's a collaborative. Yeah. It's a collaborative thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, let me ask you this, if if I can. So I happen to know you're also a mom. Yes. I, I am also a mom, right? And I know that you yes. have uh, boys in sports, right? And so uh, my sister's son is an AAU. We spoke about this and she's, const- she's constantly running around uh, with yes. basketball games here and there and these towns and those towns and everything. So um, when, how do you find the balance between, between your, um, obviously when you're in, when it's your pay, paid job, right? Of course, you're going to find that balance. But when you're working on these spec projects, um, how do you find the, the discipline to balance between being exhausted as a mother and also being exhausted as a creative? Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of things. Um, it, you know, diet is really important. I know that that's a cliche, but um, there are just certain things that I can't eat because they make me tired or less focused. And, and so cleaning up my diet was something that's really, you know, that was really important. Um, these are things that I feel like everybody says before, but they really are true. Right. Um, you know, I try and make sure I get enough sleep. And on those days when I can't get enough sleep, I make sure that the next day, you know, I, I put some balance back in. Um, you know, this is another one of those efforts where I also lean into my community, you know, um, you know, I, I realize that, um, you know, there, there's, I can't be there for everything, uh, that my son has to do. And so, you know, I lean in on, I carpool, I, I lean into, you know, my husband, my kid has a trainer, you know what I mean? Um, so I've organized my entire life around making room for this. You know, I think that sometimes when we say we don't have time, we can always find, we can always find time. You know what I mean? It just means that there are things that have to, um, like move off of your plate and you have to take an honest look at what's priority and what isn't. You know what I mean? So when people tell me that they don't have time and I say, oh, well, did you see so-and-so on Netflix? And they did. I'm like, aha, you know, that's something, right? <laughs> right, right. So, so, you know, maybe you have to sacrifice um, Netflix for um, a season. And quite honestly, maybe there are days that have to be longer. You know, like I'm not afraid to wake up a little bit earlier to get some things done, you know, and I also would say that you have to really take an honest look about whether this is something that you really want, because when things when you want things, there's certain things that you will make available so that you can have them. 
you know, you'll create space for them. And so that's how, that's how I looked at it. And, and Hey, I haven't always been successful. You know, I recreated myself as a television screenwriter in my forties, you know, I didn't do it in my twenties. Um, I did it in my forties because in my forties, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I haven't done this for so long. I'm teen years. I'm going to do it now and create space so that I can do it. That's amazing. Um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like the advice that the day can be longer is is so important. Um, sometimes I've said this before, you know, 5 a.m. is a magical hour because there's nothing else, literally nothing else is going on at that time. And so waking up a little earlier. I love that you say that you reinvented yourself in your 40s. Like, you know, in the in the creative field, I know there's this thought, a process of, you know, ageism and, and stuff. But the fact of the matter is that there are so few good writers out there that if that if you can <laughs> perfect your craft you're going to be all right because everybody's looking for, for something good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think life experience helped me a lot. You know, I've, I've, I've lived, I've suffered, you know, I've been, I've enjoyed, I've had time to collect um, thoughts and ideas that I've built into a world. So for me, um, I don't feel like, even though I started in my forties, I don't feel like I started late. I just Mm -hmm. kind of feel like, you know, I collected And now, you know, now is like my time. Yes, that's, that's so great. And so that, so here's the advice, right? The advice is if you're, if you're younger, right, you're in your twenties or even your third, however, forget it, however old you are. Right. And you, you, you know, you have a desire to write, but again, you don't kind of know what to write. The, the, the advice from this episode is start cataloging your desires, start cataloging, right. What you're craving for that you don't have. Right. And then go in that direction. So tell me about, if you can tell me about this now, we also, we want to learn so much from you. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. after you, after you um you did sell your first sell your first show talk to me about what you learned from that experience without getting too specific but you know we all have this um idea that we have these these ideas and we're going to sell them and then this is going to happen from that and then then I'm going to be good then my career is going to take off right <laughs> so talk to me about that experience of actually selling a show oh okay um so um uh, you know, I'll say this. I was I was lucky enough again to have colleagues in the business um, and friends who had siblings in the business, and that got my my foot in the door. Um, you know, and I happened to meet an executive who um, does didn't necessarily believe that you had to be perfect as a writer, but you had to be a really good storyteller. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even when I look back at the script that I sold, there's some things that I would do to it now. You know, because that was more than a year ago. And I've continued to write, you know, scripts since then. And so I'm like, Oh, I see some, some things that are missing. I mean, you and I talked about it, Amanda, cause um, you know, I've been working on that craft and you saw some of the things that I saw and I was like, wow, but I, you know, I sold this a year ago and wrote it two years ago. Um, so, you know, in the process, one of the, one of the things that I've learned is that you're always going to be learning, you know um, I also learned that, there was a side of the business part of selling my creativity that I had to be aware of because I had to, I had to start to protect my interests, you know, and I don't know what, I still don't know it all, but I think that you have to always sort of be in the process of learning, not only, um, you know, improving your craft, but also um, teaching yourself. Like I've started to learn um, the business of it. I've started to learn who's 
who const- who people think is a great writer and, you know, what a showrunner is and what they do, you know, and the difference between a producer and a studio and a network. Those are things that I absolutely, I did not know. Um, and then I had to quite honestly protect my interests because there are a lot of people who, um, you know, who see creative people building their wall you know, putting bricks and bricks and bricks on their wall and they come in, put one brick on top and they're like, look what we did. We built this wall. Give me my 30% or my 20% or whatever. And then you're like, are you kidding me? You know, are you kidding me right now? So, you know, those are the things that I learned along the way that, that, that there's now another side of it that I had to um, at least become proficient in while I was bettering myself as, um, as a writer. Um, I learned to read contracts, you know, I learned um, about percentage points and credits and the difference between a a creator credit and written by credit and, you know, um, why it was important to have a producer credit um, above the line versus below the line. So those sort of ins and out details um, are really important. And I've been kind of teaching myself along the way. Um, I've also been unashamed to be like, I don't know. And, and asking, because I noticed that people are happy to answer um, your questions. You know, you don't have to sit there like, you know, in, in ignorance, ask the questions, tell, you know, ask what the acronyms are. Do you have any resources you can offer for besides Google, right? So if you don't know the difference between a production, um, a production company and a studio, you can Google it, right? If you don't know what above the line and below the line means, you can Google it, right? But aside from that, were there any ni- resources that, 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 that you can offer. I mean, I always talk about Studio Binder. I always talk about the the screenwriting subreddit where you can ask pretty much any question under the sun and someone will answer. <laughs> you know, uh, any others that you can? Yeah, uh, those those things that you mentioned, um, and then joining uh, writers groups on Facebook because you can ask any question. What I like about writers groups is that you meet thousands of writers at various stages in their career. And they're all happy to answer um, your questions, you know, and um, those those groups are great because one of the rules of the groups are are generally don't answer a question you don't know the answer to, you know, Mm -hmm. don't speculate, you know, give it to us from from your life experience. So I've learned a lot from my community of of writers Uh, besides the resources that you suggested. um, Also, WGA is a really good resource. You can ask them anything. Yes. They they really are structured to help you. Yep. Yep. You can ask the WGA anything. You can also Google right now WGA schedule of minimums. And what will pop up is um, the minimum payments due for every um, aspect of every project. And that is a wonderful uh, document to look over because just from what's listed there, you'll start to realize what you know and what you don't know, what this means, what that doesn't mean, et cetera. Right. Um, So Yes, yes, this is all good, good stuff for, and for writers. One, one more thing that I would say is like once you get to the point of having a lawyer, the lawyer lawyers will also answer your your questions. Like I have a fantastic one who will just tutor me when I don't understand, you know, he'll be like, okay, let's hop on the phone and let me explain it to you. And then he'll explain it and he'll say, Do you understand? And sometimes I say no. And he says, okay, we're going to go over it again. And so that's also been been helpful too. So again, leaning into your community. 
You know, I'll tell you what, um, I've, I've touched on this in two, 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 two different places. So in the very first Story Love episode ever recorded in season one, I talk about uh, my origin story of how I got into the business working through my, with my dad and I touch on it there. And I also did an article that I wrote for Creative Screenwriting Magazine uh, where I touched on it here. Um, you know, when my dad started out, um, you know, I was re- introduced the best thing that could have ever happened to me, right? Like aside from all of the privilege that I have from, from his successes, going with him through his failures was, was one of the biggest privileges yeah. ever. Right. And so, um, meeting people who were not quite at the top level and seeing how they behaved and then meeting people on the upper, upper echelon and how different it was. And those people up here, like on the top, will tell you anything. You can sit down and say, I don't understand that. And they'll sit down and they'll say, oh, here, I'd love to tell you this. And if you're in a room and you're getting the feeling that people are hiding information because they don't want you to know. If you meet with a lawyer, right? Say it's time for you to meet with your lawyer or an, or an agent or a manager. And you're and you feel dumb, like you feel dumb, like they make you feel like we're the ones who know you don't quite know yet. Right. Those are the rooms that you need to run away from. Quick, fast and a hurry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because because the people who are really successful and really know are, are going to be the ones that will make you feel like they want to help. And so I'm so glad you brought that up because it's just so true. Yeah, you know, and I think what's also interesting is that this is a business where people have been hurt a lot. And when they get on the other side of that, they don't want anybody else to feel that way. You know, and I think that 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 oftentimes that that motivates them um, to to help you, you know, Um, you know, I can't tell you how much I've learned uh, because of my mentors, my various mentors pain. You know, that has been tremendous. Yeah. I mean, you it's a great place to start. You know, my 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 dad talking about my dad again, he was directing a movie and he comes home from from the shoot and we sit down for breakfast like the first day he's back. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, tell me everything that went wrong. <laughs> you know, I don't want to know about what went right. We know how to do what 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 am I not expecting? What was the thing that kicked your ass that you didn't see coming is what I want to know. Um, learning from everybody else's pain is a great way of looking at it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that the most important thing to take away from this conversation, this portion is what I just said, which is if you feel uncomfortable, if you feel wrong, if someone's making you feel insecure, th- that trust your instincts and and go the other way because when you meet the right people, you'll know. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it'll it'll end up saving you money and heartache. <laughs> well, Joyce, anything else you want to leave us with? This has been such a great conversation. No, I mean, just added encouragement to your your writing community. You know, there there really is no magic formula to being a writer. Everybody's path is going to be different. You know, I know that people are listening and they're like, well, I didn't start out marketing, you know, but you started out with a story. And so, you know, do what, do what you can to push that forward every single day in some way, right? Mm -hmm. The difference between not being successful and successful is just follow through. Just keep going. One of the things we talk about in the workshop, right? It's all a layering process over and over layering, just follow through layer, 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 layer. I love it. Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, we're going to be working together again on this future, um, this, this spring session. So I'm super excited about that. 
Looking forward to it too. Yeah. Looking, too. looking forward to it. I think I want to write some, some different things just because, you know, I think as a writer, just because I'm experienced in one thing doesn't mean that I shouldn't try and, and grow, you know, in another direction. So I think I want to try my hand at dramedy. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> I can't wait to dig it. Yeah. All right. Joyce, thank you so much for being here with me today. So, so welcome.